1: You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB.
0: You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? I am very close to checking out and getting out of town, being done with work, and uh, uh, being done with the week early. I know it's a short week for everyone because of Monday being off, but but I think it's going to be very short for me, and I'm very excited. So I'm excited to get to some... Cowboys talk before uh, uh, you know vacation time, and uh, I get to go be an old man.
1: Uh, I, f- I kind of forgot that this is our last show for a couple days, uh, and then we'll, yeah. we'll be back next week at some time, and we'll we'll, we'll chat more. But we got to make it a memorable show, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, I, I want to start out with this question from at humble hater uh, in regards <laughs> to Jason Garrett. Why <laughs> oh, hasn't boy. he found success like Sean McVay or Doug Peterson? Isn't he supposed to be a genius, or does he lack instincts? This is a great question, Lane. I'm just going to throw you right into it. Why hasn't Jason Garrett had the same kind of offensive success as McVay and Doug Peterson?
0: The same sort of offensive success? Sure. Um, Well, I mean, he hasn't also been calling plays for this team for well over five or six years, I would say. Um, but when he did call plays, I mean, he did have a lot of success. I mean, look, I mean, is he uh, the same kind of game planner as Sean McVay? I don't, I don't know that that's I don't know that that's necessarily his his selling point. You know, I agree. Um, I mean, I I, I think, and also, I mean, again, I mean, you're comparing to two exceptional like not just like the best right now but you know maybe the best in the last decade mm-hmm. uh, you know play callers right so um yeah i think that's maybe a little little bit, a bit of an unfair curve but i you know listen <laughs> it, it, like the, the thing is with with jason garrett in general is that the the it, it's a lot like the cowboys it's there's a lot of difficult things that are hard to quantify about why they have success and why they are successful uh, and it doesn 't quite fit the narratives that people want have predetermined for the cowboys and also for the rest of the league, so you know it's i it, 've been running into the frustration of listening to a lot of national media people lately and listening to podcast stuff, and they are so focused on tying reality to the narrative that they will like almost immediately contradict themselves with facts while speaking about it, it it's it 's sure. crazy like like i they had I was listening to I think it was the Roto World podcast where they're ranking the GMs. They had the, they had Jerry and, and them like thirteenth, yeah. like thirteenth. Yeah. All right, and it's fine. And then I, and I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then beyond that, they were like, well, the thing that's holding them back is uh, is that you know they they tied themselves to this average coach. Uh, who who uh, is you know is, is just a, oh you're the definition of an average coach blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, and then literally the next thing they said is they have a sixty percent win win percentage in the last five years that's the best that the Cowboys have had since the Jimmy Johnson era so it's either that the GM is good or the coach is good it can't be that they're both average if they're doing really well right like sure. it, that's that's the thing that makes me crazy so I, I guess my point being here that. I think Jason Garrett has had a ton of success in a lot of areas that are not – Necessarily evaluated by the common man as head coaching jobs. I think he is incredibly good at organizing this team, yes. arranging the way yes. that they do. He he motivates this team. He he assembled this team. I mean, he, his you know, it's not just coincidence. He is a very good talent evaluator, and his input has been directly responsible to a lot of assembling this team in the first place. Um, I think that all the things that are really important about the head coaching job the head coaching job, outside of where I will admit that maybe there are some issues in, in game day calls at times, but I think that that's an issue for even a lot of the great coaches. Uh, just go- Google the name Andy Reid and see what comes up. Well, I mean, Bill uh, Belichick's even had some weird Be- games. I mean, everyone I mean, it, it, has it. It happens, it. It happens
1: to everybody that It way.
0: happens. So the point is, is that the things that really matter that you need your head coach to do organize the team create a program create a system and do will be like an offensive system but a system that can where you can bring players in you can you know get the most out of them and then you know uh, put them in a position to win where you get the players that fit your offensive and defensive systems there's a happy marriage it helps you hit on, on draft picks a lot easier uh, there's a reason all of that fits together well and it's not because of just will McClay or just Stephen uh, Stephen Jones it's 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 the threat. Of them working together, and I think the sooner that people realize that, that that's not like something that's like just parsed and easily just taken apart, it's the relationship that these guys have, understanding what each other wants and how to get them what they want, and that's the how to get success for the whole team. That's that's where I think a lot of his value gets lost, and I think that's why I'd like to see that's why I'm hoping that Kellen Moore does something because I think with a strong offensive coordinator. Um, who can work inside the confines of, of Garrett's system. It's not that Garrett's system is confining anybody. Garrett's system is the same system that the greatest show on turf ran. You know, it's like it's, it's not like you can run this, uh, this offensive system a whole bunch of different ways. Right. So if Kellen Moore can, can help with that aspect of the strategic deployment of the system, uh, I think that's the best case scenario for all, and I think there's going to be a lot of success. My just real quick takeaway
1: on Jason Garrett is if you give him a long term problem to solve, he's pretty good at that. Like even when I mean long term, I mean like a a week to week thing. So if if they're struggling to find um, you know a left guard or whatever, they he normally can put together a pretty good plan in order to to solve that. And we've seen kind of seen that time and time again. My biggest issue with Garrett. Is adjusting mid-game. It, it seems like a lot of times they'll come out with a strong game plan, and you kind of mentioned this before. But when things change in the third and fourth quarter, sometimes he's a little too hesitant to 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 make a move. So he's he's sometimes reactionary. Um, you know, maybe a, a
0: week later or whatever. But I, I, are you I just, talking about offensively? Just so I'm. I'm just, yeah, mo- mostly offensively, right? But okay, uh, real quick, don't you think that a lot of I mean, just based on what we've heard coming out. Don't you think that, that that which you just specifically mentioned is exact, whether it's true or fixable or not, but don't you think that that, that reason that you just mentioned, the inability to take information from the players mid-game and then you know, make quote-unquote adjustments or whatever, right. don't you think that's exactly why Linehan got fired and Killen Moore got promoted? Yes,
1: yes. I, I, think, that's, I think they wanted somebody younger to help them with that kind of stuff and have well, a better and, feel towards the game.
0: And beyond that, too, the thing that they keep saying over and over again, like if you listen to all these interviews and people talking about Kellen Moore, the first thing you hear them say, beyond all the X's and O's stuff and, and that he's a genius and whatever, is that he talks to these guys. He listens to them. He, he knows how he's the guy that all throughout last year that the players were going to to, to, to relay information with the hopes to kick it up to Linehan. Right. And Lenahan was ignoring them. Like that's right. that that was essentially what we heard the process was, and so that's why the team was so the players were so supportive in getting uh, more in there is because they knew that if they that he would listen to them if they came to him with their with with their information of hey this is what we're seeing on the field blah blah blah. I agree,
1: uh, and that's why I'm going to be interested to see what Kellen Moore can do this year and how quickly he can kind of be up to that task. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk some more about the Cowboys. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready ...for whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now we've got a special deal for our listeners... Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Landon, this next question I really like, um, and I think we can go a lot of different ways. This isn't really a Cowboy question, but it's more of an NFL question. Um, If the NFL were to hypothetically increase the 53-man roster to 60, and let's pretend that you can have 55 to 57 guys active on game day, what positions are you keeping more of?
0: Well... I mean I, I think every team's gonna be different. I agree. Um, obviously by scheme. I and mean, this is kind of a lot of what we talked about yesterday. I don't remember if this was on air or no, off air, yep. Okay, about about uh about the air raid. One of the things that Marcus and I were discussing off off air was about air raid and about uh roster, you know uh constraints and trying to, to to run practices and trying to uh, just field a, t- field a team of, of enough wide receivers and quarterbacks to kind of get the, the system down well enough that you could run it. Um, and I think that uh, th- this is something that would help that because I think you'd, you'd be able to get an extra, you know, a few extra quarterbacks, a few extra wide receivers, uh, and that would definitely help. I, you know, I think for the Cowboys, um, I, I mean, I think that they would probably take more offensive and defensive linemen and um and i think if you did do that one of the issues may you know one of the kind of unattended issues is that it may create more of a haves and have not situation uh in terms of positions like offensive and defensive mm-hmm. line because now you're allowing teams to hoard good players the, like the, the teams like the cowboys that can draft and develop offensive linemen uh that i kind of have a, at least a track record somewhat doing that uh, they're not going to start as much, I don't think, losing these guys unless you know they start pricing themselves out. But some of these down roster guys that they're developing and the, some of these solid backups that they're getting, they'll be able to hold on to a lot more of these guys now.
1: I, I um, would also think the other thing would you would have a lot more specialized players, right? Sure, so you, absolutely. You might see more guys that are just red zone threats. You know, maybe yeah. the six eight six nine receivers that can catch jump balls. Um, yeah. My my initial thought was if you If you go up to a sixty man roster, could you see more teams using like a a, a true spread offense in the sense that you could now carry? five or six quarterbacks, so if you wanted to run the ball all the time, like you know, what the Ravens kind of did with Lamar Jackson, you could just kind of hoard all these running quarterbacks from college and kind of give yourself you know, you know, five, six guys in case those guys went down or whatever, you would have a bunch of them ready to go. I, I, I don't know.
0: I think that's an interesting question in, a, in I, case the NFL does go that way. I just don't feel like – see, that, that's the thing is that I think the team should be doing that now like um, i don't yeah. really like I mean you want to talk about market inefficiency, like look at all the the, the solid to good running quarterbacks that come out of the col- come out of college that are dual threat types that don 't have a career or being tried to push to another position for some reason yeah i I think if you were able to fully lean into this, you get your pick of the litter of, of whoever you want from that kind of player and and I think that there's there's an incredible incredible Supply of those guys coming out of college every year. So if you were a- finding a fi- if you were able to find a way to make that system work, now the problem is is that you'd have to run a good enough system that would be able to compensate for like. You know the aspects of passing that you would lose by not having a true you know pocket quarterback. You right, know you right. you still have to find ways in your game to overcome third and longs or you know that sort of thing. So uh, and it's not impossible. It's just that you know, these are all problems that you would have to solve. But I, I think there's not really a reason you couldn't do that now. I, I kind of think that the, the, the team Baltimore that, Ravens are kind of doing yeah, it yeah, right the, now. They're they're close. They're really one of the first
1: teams that kind of really embrace it. Um, but I was gonna say the team that does that is gonna be the same team that just decides that we're never gonna punt the ball. We're gonna run the ball every single down. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're gonna be one of these teams that fully embraces the analytics. Um, you know, that, that that say that you're giving away free points every time you punt the ball. Um, but it's just something interesting to talk to, talk about and consider. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some other questions. Uh, Fernando wants to know: John Kitner recently compared Dak Prescott favorably to Warren Moon. Would you agree with that comparison? Or would a more apt comparison be Steve McNair?
0: What do you think, Steve? Ryan? Steve McNair is the best comparison to to me. Uh, yeah. The way he compared Warren to Warren Moon was how he's throwing the football, uh, which I mean, <laughs> it's, I can't think of much ni- higher compliments than that. Right, I mean, right. Warren Moon could throw the football, uh, you know. So I, yeah, I. But I think Steve McNair is probably a more uh, like for like comparison for in play style and and, and body type and, and all that for for Dak, um, you know, and I think what he gives you on the field, uh, yeah, I think you know Warren Moon. I think, like he said, it was more of a comparison to the way he was throwing the ball. I think the natural comparison as a player and you know in his game is, is Steve McNair.
1: Yeah, I, I, we've kind of mentioned Steve McNair a couple different times on this podcast. Uh, I kind of think like Steve McNair is the higher end, and then the lower end would be like David Garrard. And I, I, I've actually mentioned him a couple different times in this that's podcast. That's
0: a track, but, yeah. I mean, that's that's
1: definitely a track. Yep. Um, all right, let's go ahead to another question. This one from Mark. What is the training camp battle you are most looking forward to watching, Landon? Um, it can be a starting battle. It can be a down the roster for, you know, just a, a job. Which one are you looking forward to seeing?
0: Well... I you know, just just because I was offered this opportunity, Marcus, uh I, I would like to mention that uh it was brought up by not by Mickey Swagnola himself on Talking Cowboys uh, that uh, Jalen Guyton is a favorite of Sanjay Lau. So the, <laughs> the, the competition I'm looking forward to the most is our go ongoing competition between which one of our pet cats is going to be uh, uh, a bigger hit in, in the Aussies. No, I, I but seriously, I, I think that that wide receiver uh, down roster battle is going to be interesting to be, to be mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, with Guyton, with John Vaya johnson Because I, I, the reason I say that is because of the, the competitions that you're going to see, as far as, you know, whether or not life or death competitions, the competitions where the player is going to either make the team or not, I think that the wide receiver one is the one that's actually going to have the most impact on the field. As far as that kind of, you know, this guy could either be making an impact on Sundays or not be on the team. Type of competition, you right. know. Otherwise, I think there's you know tons of great competition as far as for spots and you know like where uh, depth chart battles and that sort of things. Like all across the roster, I think the defensive tackle uh, rotation is going to be interesting. I think the defensive end uh, competition is going to be interesting, depending on on you know who all's available to <laughs> compete. Uh, I think. You know, there's going to be offensive line is going to be interesting to watch for sure, just to see how everyone's lined up and and to see who's trying to take what jobs. Um, I think defensive backfield is is again like you know just because you got some new black some new blood in there and and you've got these returning mm-hmm. guys and and um, I think that they. Uh, you know, as they start to transition more and more to the Richard style, is Jordan Lewis going to be able to hold off a Michael Jordan? Is is Anthony Brown going to be able to hold off a Jordan Lewis? Is uh, Chidi, uh, Chidobe Awuzie going to be able to hold off an Anthony Brown on the outside from maybe taking a spot? I think there's going to be a lot of great competition going all, all up and down the the defensive backfield as well. So there's there's great spots all over the place. I mean, this this team is. As deep as it's ever been, it and really as, at least yeah. as I've been covering the team. And the, and the competition is definitely going to be widespread. Yeah, the one that I'm really looking forward
1: to watching, and you mentioned it last, uh, Chris Westry versus Michael Jackson uh, versus Donovan Alumbo, Because I figure mm-hmm. there's probably only going to be one roster spot available for all three of those
0: guys. Uh, Please give Mike, me a Highlander. Give me a Highlander, Marcus. Can you do it? What's that? There can be only <laughs> one! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So That's a
1: highlighter. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm going with Michael Jackson. I, I, I just I want to see how he can how he plays. I, I do think the other guys are going to give him uh, some good competition, but that's the spot I'm watching. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver. Really quickly, you mentioned Jalen Guyton, John veya Johnson. I'm looking at maybe a little bit higher on the roster, like a Noah Brown, Alan Hurts. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a feeling they're only going to have you know one spot available for that type of receiver. So I'm interested to see. Uh, who makes it out of that wide receiver room?
0: Um, what will be look, interesting to see ahead. is real quick is, is like, is it, like, the, what the competitions are? Are there sub-competitions? Or is it a big group of Guyton, Vaya Johnson, uh, you know, Hearns, uh, Austin, all competing for, like, Two spots or are they being broken up by subgroupings like it's uh, Hearns versus Brown and John Vaya right. Johnson and Jalen versus Jalen Guyton. You know what I'm saying? Like well, that will be right. interesting to see kind of where they land on that. Are they just taking the best guys or are they actually going for specific roles that each player is competing for?
1: Um, our next question comes from Daniel. We hear a lot about how good the current group is. Uh, especially from Lennon who is very optimistic. Thank which you. I Thank think you. That, pro- that probably means that I'm pessimistic. I don't know. Uh, but Maybe what are the no. main weaknesses to be wary of in the 2019 season?
0: Well, I mean, I think, you, you know, weaknesses, I, you worry about, where the how the defensive line will shake out. I mean I think there's a lot of talent. I mean the reason that I'm optimistic now is because this is the time for optimism. Optimism right. reigns, reigns supreme. Right. Like we're we're we're, co- we're contemplating uh uh, optim- uh you know, the ultimate universe version of what what can happen, right? It's 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 uh, until we get hit in the face with reality, like why not talk about the the high end range of this uh, if you want to discuss you know the problems, I think you look at the schedule i think when you look at the how the schedule lines up with um, current recovery times with players right i th- I think it's really important for this team just looking at the schedule to start really well. -hmm. Because they have an early, an an easy schedule early, and they have a very difficult schedule late, they're going to need to stack those wins early uh, in order to give themselves uh, a A a good path to be able to survive a lot of what they have to trudge through in the middle and late part of the schedule. If they don't get that, if, you know, a combination of Byron Jones and Demarcus Lawrence and, you know, potentially Randy Gregory, potentially Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, all of these guys are unable to play or a combination of those guys are unable to play and this team takes a talent hit uh, and then suddenly they're playing at a more even playing field against some of these early teams, which you think, you know, normally should be uh, wins based. Based on just talent disparity, uh, I think that I think that they could suffer some early losses, which may end up hurting them on the back end, without a doubt. Um, I -hmm. think that you look at things like if Tristan Hill isn't the guy that they think he is, you may have problems in your interior. You may not have the depth, uh, uh, talent there. Um, I think you know what if happens if the young defensive backfield takes a step back? That's always a possibility. Leighton Vander Esch has got uh, a, a, a pelvic situation. You don't like the, how many lower body situations he's had already as a young player. I mean, there's reasons if you want to to look and be pessimistic. And, and you know, what if Kellen Moore doesn't work out? What if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing? Like, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's, yeah. I mean, what if that happens? I mean, you know, there's lots of things that you can look at and say, I could worry about that. But at the same time, like, there's no evidence of, of those negative things yet either. There's just as much evidence for the positive things as there is the negative things. So why bang my head against the wall about the negative things until well, they're just fun. as real, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of I know, it's but that's hey, yeah. it. it's different styles, <laughs>
0: you know? I, I'm not even yeah, trying true. to complain. I'm just saying, like... If if you if Marcus wants to be pessimistic about it, like that's cert- my mom is a lot like this, like where she oh, would she, no 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 I, I'm saying the the best way she's she hopes for the she prepares for the worst and hopes for the best like that's that's there you go. Exactly. that's that's her motto and that's all I remember and the reason I heard that motto from my mom to tie it back to the Cowboys is because before the '94. Uh, uh, NFC title game, uh, or it was a 93 NFC title game where the Cowboys played San Francisco in San Francisco. Uh, I asked her what she thought about it. and I'll never forget. That's, that's what she told me. And uh, obviously the Cowboys ended up winning that one and going out to the Super Bowl. But uh, uh, I think this is all good examples of just, you know, there's different ways to look at this. It's all wide open right now. So optimism versus pep- pessimism right. is more of a philosophical outlook than anything else.
1: Uh my only big concern is the offensive line and it's really just because of health, right? Tyron yeah. Smith hasn't played a full season, I think, four years now, three years. Uh obviously Travis Frederick's still coming back from his illness. Zach Martin wasn't a hundred percent for most of the year. He got kind of banged up early with that knee injury in preseason, and I think it kind of wore on him. Um and then we still have to we have to see what Connor Williams looks like in year two. Uh, the Cowboys are built around this offensive line and they need these guys to stay healthy. That hasn't always been the case over the last couple years. So I think there's always some worry when these guys are getting older. They're not old. I think all of them are still like 28 or younger. Um, but there's just a little bit of concern in the back of your mind that maybe we've already seen the best Tyron Smith. Maybe we've already seen the best Zach Martin. Uh, and maybe the same could be said for Travis Frederick. Um, let's go ahead and get one more question in here before we leave. Uh any thoughts on Anthony Brown maybe getting some reps at safety? I, I believe it was uh, the other day. They were kind of just throwing him back there in certain packages. Uh, do you think that's a long-term answer, putting Anthony Brown at safety? Um, no. I could see it in a couple snaps, but not, I not mean, more than yeah, a couple like, snaps a game. I,
0: I think you could put – I mean, it depends on the coverage. you know. Like, I think you could put anybody anywhere if you – Worth the right cover. I mean, like, what's the difference between a, a nickel corner playing quarters versus a, a down, you know, a box safety playing quarters? Not really no. much, you know. Like, no. so I think, you know, in in, the, in that way that if if they have specific coverages that they're trying to to run and they're trying to get a matchup or a guy, a certain guy in a certain zone, that you could see him line up as a quote unquote safety, and and really it's just him have doing the job. That's why positions positions are not don't always hold tight to positions. You yeah, know, you th- as as the NFL is going on, we I mean like Sigmund Bloom likes to refer to, we are getting closer and closer to positionless football. Mm-hmm. And I think that's happening on, on both, both sides, sides of the ball. ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: on both sides of the ball with yeah. wide receivers and running backs, I mean, the Cowboys have two of them really with Tavon Austin and Tony Pollard on offense and on defense You've got guys like Byron Jones who, depending on the game, will play safety. They'll play cornerback. They can play slot corner. They can play as a deep safety. So uh, we, w- we really are getting closer to that. Uh, but as to, Antoni- or as to Anthony Brown, sorry, I had the Steelers on my mind. Uh, as <laughs> to Anthony Brown, um, I don't think you'll see him a lot there. I think there will be certain situations where you might see him uh, a snap or two, but nothing significant. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Landon, go enjoy your vacation. We will see you guys back next time.